0: If you've got your copy of God's Word and want to be finding Acts chapter 2, we're going to cover as we go this morning verses 41 through 47. While you're finding that, let me just say because several of you have asked that we indeed, Cynthia and I, got a granddaughter this past Monday afternoon at 512, she weighed in at 8 pounds, 14 ounces, 21 and a half inches long. Her name is JC, Jaycee, J-A-Y-C-E-E, and she came in with a storm. I don't know what your weather was like uh, here Monday night, but we were just thrilled uh, to have her down there in uh, Mobile. Uh, she is the third child of our son and his uh, sweet wife, our daughter-in-love, who lived there. They have two boys, seven and four, and our daughter who lives near us in Pelham has a little 15-month-old boy, so we were thrilled to welcome a little girl. And I do look forward to spending more time with her and all of our uh, now four grandchildren. And so uh, I shared with you, uh, your deacons this morning that I am not going to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. I've, I've turned it down And uh, I just need more time with uh, my family. Well, if you've got uh, that passage, I'm going to ask you to join me and as we read it together. Would you stand as we honor this as the Word of God? You follow along silently as I read aloud. We're in Acts 2, verse 41. So those who received His Word, that is the Word of Simon Peter as he preached on the day of Pentecost, were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. May God add His blessings to the reading of His Word. Thank you, friends and you may be seated. You know, the single worst wildfire in the history of the United States came to be known as the Great Peshtigo Fire. It broke out on October the 8th, 1871. By the way, that's the exact same date that the Great Chicago Fire broke out, which was the worst urban fire. But the Great Peshtigo Fire uh, raged from October 8th to the 14th there in northern Wisconsin and the peninsula of Michigan. And before it was all over, that fire had consumed 1.2 million acres. It had burned 1,875 square miles of land. That's more landmass than the entire state of Rhode Island, and almost as much land space as Delaware at least 1,500 people were killed in that great Pestigo fire. Reports came out of fire tornadoes that were a part of that horrible tragedy. It said that people who jumped in rivers trying to escape the fire were literally boiled alive. It was horrible. But you know, friends, today, There is no evidence whatsoever of that great Peshtigo fire. However, there was another fire lit almost 2,000 years ago that is still burning today. This was a fire that came, and we looked at it last week, when those first followers of Jesus were ignited by the Holy Spirit of God there in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And in this series, we are looking at what it is folks are like who have been set on fire. What is a church like? You'll notice there on your listening guide by way of introduction, our text shows us what a church that has been set on fire by God's Spirit looks like. I would remind you of this takeaway from last Sunday. We today have the same Holy Spirit that the early church had. Right? And so we can be all they were. We can see things happen in us that can only be explained in terms of God's Holy Spirit doing them. We've looked at the birth of the early church. How when the Sun came up on that day of Pentecost. There were 120 members of the church. When the sun set, there were 3,120 members of the church. Pretty good church growth for a day, right? How those first followers of Jesus hit the streets bearing witness to the resurrection. And Simon Peter stands up to preach. And 3,000 people are ushered into the kingdom of God and are baptized. And I want to remind you, about this little ragtag band of followers that saw these incredible things happen. Politically, they had no power. Financially, they had no money. Numerically, they were very small. They had no buildings in which to meet. Initially, no pastors to teach them. They, they had no denomination to guide them. They had no canons. They had no creeds. They did not even have an entire Bible. But I'm telling you, church, what they did have. They had faith in the Son of God, and they had the fire of the Spirit of God. And so do we. We're looking at the charter members of the early church. And I want to remind you, they had been charged by Jesus not just to make converts, but to make disciples. And why is that so important? You notice the second introductory statement. And it is this. Once the fire has been lit, it is our job to make sure that it continues to burn. What we're going to unpack in this passage today is a picture, a snapshot, if you will, of a church where the fire of the Spirit of God is burning brightly. These 3,000, new converts had to be instructed in the truth of God they had to be connected to the people of God but beginning in verse 42 and going to the end of this chapter we see this moment in time as I said a snapshot of a church that's hitting on all cylinders and what would that mean for this church what would that mean for any church what would it mean For us as individuals and corporately as a body of believers to be burning brightly. Well, let me give you these five characteristics as we go. Five signs that we're burning brightly. And we're going to spend the most time on number one. Just want to put your mind at ease about that, all right? The first thought is this. When we are burning brightly, we will be a devoted, a devoted people. Verse 42 begins, and they devoted Themselves. That word devoted means to attend constantly. It means to continue steadfastly. It means you persist. It means you persevere. And the idea in the etymology of that word is that you endure even when there are hardships. We say it this way here in Alabama. You just keep on keeping on. There were some things to which they attended themselves that were just like fanning the flames. Four things I want you to see that we need to devote ourselves to that they did. First item A, you'll note that we will be devoted to the teaching of God's Word. If we're going to be burning brightly. Friends, the Word of God is the fuel for the fire. We pick up there in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, you remember when Jesus promised the apostles the Holy Spirit, he said when he comes, he is going to do what? He'll lead you into all truth. And he'll bring all things to your remembrance that I told you, I taught you. And so the apostles' teaching had to do with the Old Testament and how it was fulfilled in Christ. The apostles' teaching was comprised of those foundational truths of the New Testament. First and foremost, the early church was characterized as a church devoted to the Word of God. Those first Christians were determined to do life by the book. Folks, that's what we must do. I charge you, Crossroads Community Church, above everything else, be a people of the book. We need to look at it. We need to listen to it. We need to learn from it. We need to live by it. Every aspect of our lives needs to be regulated by the Word of God. I promise you this. A church that is spiritually burning brightly is going to be a church that makes much of the teaching and the preaching and the proclamation of the word of God. The apostle Paul wrote to his preacher boy in the ministry, Timothy. And he's telling Timothy how to be a pastor. Look at that verse on the screen. He wrote this in 1 Timothy 4:13 to young Tim, "Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, teaching. Uh, Some outsider might, might ask why in the world would people come Sunday after Sunday and be devoted to the same book? I want to tell you why friends because in this book that I hold in my hand and maybe it's in your lap right now you find the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God makes the wisdom of this world look like foolishness and one day In the Word of God can change more lives than a whole year of Dr. Phil. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. So let's be devoted to the teaching of God's Word. Here's a second truth. We'll be devoted to the togetherness, item B, the togetherness of God's people. They were devoted not only to the apostles' teaching, but we see in verse 42, and the fellowship. That word fellowship in the Greek, koinonia. Koinonia. It meant communion or community. It literally meant to be together, sharing a common cause. It's togetherness. You pick up on that word together later on in this chapter. Look at verse 44. And all who believed were together. That literally means with the same. And had all things in common. And verse 46 says, and day by day attending the temple. There's that word again, together. And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Now, folks, remember, these first followers of Jesus were Jews. They were Jewish people, Hebrews. They were familiar with going together to synagogue locally or to the temple in Jerusalem. They were familiar with being with the congregation of God's people. But now they're having to be moved from being a part of a congregation to being a part of a community. And this is still what God wants to do today by His Spirit. Move us from membership to real fellowship. What they were doing is what friends and family members do. What do we do? We get together. We meet together. We share together. Praise God, we eat together. Amen? They were devoted to the fellowship. Friends, I want to remind you, For the first 300 years of church history, there were no buildings. People met in homes, and most of the homes of that class of people were very small. We could say it this way. For the first three centuries, they met in small groups. They had their own life groups. I would encourage you to be a part of a life group. Or to be a part of a small group study like what we began this past Wednesday night. I'm saying long before there were worship centers and baptistries and platforms and pulpits. There were kitchens and there were dining room tables. Friends, lean into this truth. We're designed to be in community. And we really do need one another. We need to be devoted to the fellowship. Church is not a place you go to, it's a family you belong to. I love it that you use the word oikos around here, that sense of a family. And nothing will keep the fire burning any better than, like you have a fire of coals or a fire of logs, you Pull them together. You let a log get off the fire, and it's going to die out. And you let a Christian get away from fellowship, and he or she will die out. Be devoted to the teaching of God's Word, to the togetherness of God's people. Look at item C. When we're burning brightly, we'll be devoted to the table of God's reminder. It says there they were devoted to the breaking of bread. And I don't believe that means just sharing meals together. That's covered under the word fellowship. This especially means the breaking of bread as they shared the Lord's Supper. They shared communion together. And it would grow out of their time of fellowship, out of their meal times. They remembered the time when Jesus did what? Broke bread. He broke bread, gave his, his disciples, and said, as often as you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. So they're eating together in one of those homes. And somebody would say, hey, let's remember Jesus. And so they would break bread and they they would drink from the cup and they would be reminded as we were last Sunday with the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, communion, of the broken body of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. It's a companion to the other ordinance that he gave us, which is baptism. In, In baptism, we picture our death with him. Through the Lord's Supper, we picture his death for us. I'm just saying, when the Lord's Supper is announced around here, you ought to make it a a priority to remember Jesus, the table of God's reminder. And then item D, will be devoted to the throne of God's grace. Verse 42 says, and they were devoted also to the prayers. Now, that's a reference to the set, specific, designated times that the Jews would pray. But remember... Jesus has given them the authority to pray in his name. And all kinds of opportunities were being opened up. They were practicing what's promised or or what we're admonished to do in Hebrews 4.16. Look at it there. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy. And we may find grace to help in time of need. Anybody in a time of need in the house today? Draw near. Take advantage of the throne that you've got a high priest in heaven who is representing you and who's praying for you. And you can connect with God the Father through him. Friends, I'm saying that prayer is like oxygen that continues to fan the flames. And his house is to be a house of prayer. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Oh, I challenge you, be a people of prayer. The the early church devoted themselves to these priorities. They were not casual Christians. I pray God none of us will be either. Once we've been ignited by the Spirit of God, we need to be excited About the things of God. And be a devoted people. Now, quickly note item two. When we're burning brightly. We will be not only a devoted people. But a distinctive people. Verse 45 begins. And all came upon every soul. That word all in the Greek. Is the word phobos. It's the word from which we get our word. Phobia. Or fear. That word can mean. Terror, alarm, panic. But it can also mean reverence or respect or veneration. You see, in the etymology of that word is this idea to flee or to withdraw, to separate from, to avoid because of fright, because of dread. Folks, it's another way to say the fear of God came upon every soul. And I fear that we've lost in our churches today the fear of God. So many professing churches seem to have lowered the standards for fellowship. And so in the congregation of God's people, in many places you've got lying, cheating, you've got immorality, questionable doctrines, deception, worldly habits, even perversion and sexual deviancy that's being accepted among the people of God. Beloved, these things ought not to be. We need a heart for holiness. Amen? We need a passion for purity. I want you to look at what Simon Peter wrote. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 14 through 16. Peter said, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for I am holy. He's quoting Leviticus 11:44 there. Folks, we need a baptism of holiness of consecration. The word consecration is just a theological word that means distinctiveness. We need to be a distinctive people. We need a revival of holiness. We need a new sense of the fear of God. We need the fire of God to fall and burn out the dross in our lives and purify our souls. Be a devoted people. Be a distinctive people. If you want to be burning brightly. But notice item three, when we're burning brightly, we will be a dynamic people. Verse 43 says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. You see, because the early church had purity, the early church had power. And the Greek word for power is the word dunamis. We get the word dynamo or dynamite or dynamic. And friends, we need the dynamic dynamic dynamite power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our churches. An ungrieved Holy Spirit began to work wonders and signs through the apostles. And soon there were stories ringing throughout Jerusalem of miraculous things happening. I imagine deaf. We're hearing, mute, we're speaking, lame, we're walking, dead, we're even raised. When you read the book of Acts, demons jumping out of people. It was like Jesus was back. Only now it was not the physical, material body of Jesus. It was the spiritual body of His church. And don't get me wrong. My persuasion may be different than yours. I do believe that there were some signs and some wonders and some some gifts that Were just meant for the apostolic age. But folks, I believe that God still wants to do wonders through his church. My my prayer for this congregation is that things will happen that cannot be explained in any other terms except the terms of the supernatural. And you will be, and I will be, will be a dynamic people. He wants to use us in this day and age as a vehicle Of his dynamite power. And then notice item 4 on your listening guide and on the screen. When we are burning brightly, we will be a distributing people. Now lest you think, I just got the thesaurus and found a D word there. It's right in this verse. Look at verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings. And here it is. Distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Folks, understand, this was not communism. This was not a totalitarian system that was imposed on the people from the outside. This was love, not law. This was compassion, not compulsion. This was generosity, not government. Because these people were on fire For the Lord, they didn't consider anything that they had to belong solely to them, and they were distributing it. They were selling it. They were giving it away. This point is reemphasized over in chapter 4. Look on the screen at these two verses, Acts 4, 34 and 35. There was not a needy person among them. Can I stop right there and say, wouldn't you like for that statement to be true about Crossroads Community Church? That there's not a needy person among you. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and it was, here's that word again, distributed to each as any had need. And friends, nothing astounded the folks there in Jerusalem who were not yet believers any more than what I just You see, the attitude of people in that day is the same as in this day. That culture, like our culture, had feelings like this. It's a dog-eat-dog world. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to look out for number one. It's everybody on his own. It's every man for himself. What's on the screen right there is the polar opposite of that mindset. I'm saying to you, on fire they voluntarily, on their own, looked out for one another. And they distributed what they had so there would be no needy people among them. May God so set us on fire that we are a distributing people. You know what the opposite of that is? Hoarding. Holding on to. And that's the same kind of spirit you often see in churches when people want to hold on to the way that they like it in the church. The way they've always done it before. I've said it this way, the seven last words of the church will be, we never did it that way before. People want to hold on and have things go the way they want them to go and how they're comfortable regardless of whether God's truth is passed on to the next generation. But friends, the biblical picture of the church, especially in Acts, is not folks who were getting from the church, but who were giving through the church. Don't don't be a hoarding people. Be a distributing people. When you're burning brightly, you will be. And, And fifthly and finally, notice this. When we are burning brightly, we will be a Delightful people. I love the way this passage closes. Look at verses 46 and 47. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And here was the result of all of that burning brightly. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Folks, these were happy people. They were not God's chosen frozen. They were the happy clappies. They were singing. They were praising. They were celebrating. They were rejoicing. They were sharing. And that's why they had favor with all the people. As we looked at a quote last week from Leonard Ravenhill, people were attracted to the fire. They were a delightful people. And notice it says, day by day, the Lord added to their number. Can I remind you, Jesus said, I will build my church. Lean into this, friend. All authentic church growth is the work of Jesus Christ through his body, the church. Church growth is not something we do for the Lord. It's something we allow the Lord to do through us. And he added day by day by day. And there's not been a day from Pentecost till now when somebody somewhere in this world has not been added to the family of God. Folks, those first Christians, were really no different than you or me. They just went about living their lives ignited by the Spirit of God, bearing witness to the resurrected Christ. Souls set on fire. And back in verse 32, it says, they all gave witness. They were all witnessing. Everybody going everywhere sharing Christ. And they did that day by day. I'm saying the fire was burning 24 7. Which leads me to say this. Let's be sure that our focus is not only on a Sunday thing, but a Monday thing, and a Tuesday, and a Wednesday, and all through the week. You see, we come together on Sunday to throw gas on the fire, but we leave this place to take the fire with us. Here's a great takeaway you contain a fire. It'll die down. But when you let it out, it will spread. So the question before the house, is it obvious in your life and in this body that the Spirit of God is burning brightly? You see, that one concluding statement I want to leave as an admonition at the end of this message, and it is this. Let's make it our prayer that the fire in our hearts and in the church will burn more brightly than ever before. Amen, congregation? Let's ask God to make us a people who are burning brightly. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Those on the praise team and those in the band are going to be making their way to the platform. And in a moment, we're going to be led and singing great songs about how there's joy in the house of the Lord. And I just want to ask her, are you a part of the family of God today? Have you ever been ignited by the Spirit of God, by repenting of sin, placing your faith in Christ, trusting Him as your Savior, surrendering to Him as your Lord? If not, today could be your day. In a moment, Brother Brandon and I will be standing here at the front. You could walk forward, give us your hand, as surely as you're giving your heart to Christ. Or if you've done that but you've not yet been baptized as those 3,000 were on the day of Pentecost, this church can schedule that for you, give you details. Or if you want to join this church today, say, this is where I've been coming, this is where I've been fed, I've gotten to know the folks, I want to be a a card toting member. I want to place my life into this fellowship and join today. You come. Or maybe right where you sit or coming forward to talk to one of us as a pastor, you you just want to make a fresh surrender to the fire, to the Holy Spirit of God today. Maybe you've thrown so much dirt on the fire, you're not living that consecrated life it has gone out. All the other reasons we could mention, whatever it is, be done with it today and say, oh, Lord God, I want to surrender afresh to you, to your Holy Spirit, to your word as a fuel for the fire, to prayer as oxygen for the fire, to the people of God who like logs on a fire burn ever more brightly as we are together. Father, whatever your will and whatever your way, accomplish it now in this invitation. Give boldness give courage to those who need to respond as we sing about the house of the Lord. May they come, some to receive you, some to profess you, some perhaps to unite with the church today or to come in a fresh surrender to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.